Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, no. I I put too much pressure on myself (laughs) when I said I was going to do something weird. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you said you were going to do something weird, and then I hit record, and then everything just stopped. All the lights went out in the house. What were you you planning on doing? Nothing. I was going to let it happen. Oh, okay. So, wait, you didn't have a weird thing? What were you going to say? <laughs> you didn't have like a weird thing planned and uh, you're going to... No, here goes. Okay. It. I don't know why I'm cupping the microphone. It's not going to make it. Shh. Shh. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers. Wait, Shh. Shh. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers. Thank you for joining us. Here's some beard sounds for you. Oh, you're really getting into it. You're really getting into it. That's a beard sound for you. This is outside of the pop filter, so you're going to hear a lot of boops. Welcome. We're going to turn the ASMR up in three, two, one. Welcome. No one liked that. <laughs> <laughs> No one like no I'm one. I'm reading the fan. reviews live right now. No, no one, one like no that. No one was a fan. Wait, no what does this have to do with your deep dive so, questions? <laughs> if you were wondering what's happening, uh, the Sam boy next to me is Sam. Took allergy <laughs> pills. Sam you did. Took allergy pills. pills. Sam <clears throat> took the. So the boy drill. singing right now is Sam Basher. And I am DJ Woldridge. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers. Said it about three times. Well, here's the fourth <laughs> for you. This is the podcast we talk about movies, yes. TV shows, yes. comic books, mm-hmm. video games. Mm-hmm. We also have a YouTube channel called Might Be Awesome, and y'all better be subscribed there, or I'm going to get you. <laughs> This is I'm not gonna, a threat. Wait, I'm going to come get you. I'm going to come get you. I want you going to get yeah. a subscription that might be awesome. So we don't need to go get you. There you go. Think about that one. It's not a threat. It's just a strongly worded suggestion. So on episodes, special episodes like this, we like to do deep dive questions from the fans. But mm-hmm. Sam, I don't think that should stop us from necessarily talking about what we're into. Yeah. And I've got something uh, that I've been into there for a minute. That I don't think I've gotten a chance to talk about on the show. You ready for it? Yeah. Are you are you are, we, are you ready for me to dive into that? Oh my god! You know what? This is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not buckled in. Oh, hold, <laughs> hold on. on hold on. Buckle hold up. On. And while Sam's buckling up, check out might be awesome on YouTube. There we go. Wait, hold on. And one more. I have three. There of them. it is. So, I sit in the middle and I use all three. Three of the buckles. buckles. You're that kid. Yeah. You're that kid. So I cargo. Uh, as you know, and as if regular listeners of the podcast know, uh, it took me a hot second to finish Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my time. It was like five months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like five months. But now I've beaten it, and I'm playing God of War, God, finally. Because I got finally. him at the same time, and I was more excited at the time for Red Dead Redemption. And you've realized that was a wrong call. I don't, but they, it, it is cool no, to go from... Yeah, it's cool to go from Red Dead to God of War, because the things they do great are different things. Um, but man, God of War is just... It's nice to be in the hands of a game company that's just like, yeah, we know... 
we know what's up. Like we know, like it's this is they're four games deep on God of War. They figured it out. They know how to make a great game because there's some games you play. Um, like I, I did a little bit of a transition from Red Dead to finishing the DLC on Spider Man. And Spider-Man is a good game. It's a very enjoyable game. But especially when you get in the DLC, there's some stuff that just doesn't quite work. Uh, like, we, I think we talked about when we were first playing where it's like when you just need to get to a spot and suddenly you're halfway across the city. It's like, I, I, just, needed to, I just needed to land on that building. Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? And then you go to God of War. It's like, oh, this is perfect. Everything about it, all the mechanics, like everything just works the way it's supposed to. So far, where, what mythical things have shown up for you so i fought i this got spoiled for me i don't doesn't feel like a major spoiler but i fought boulder mm-hmm. um which was great it, i love that like they had what's essentially the final boss of what would be most games final boss fights like 20 minutes in the game and which it's makes me epic it's so epic which makes me think like how much crazier is this gonna get if this is where we start oh it uh i'd say it just gets crazier story-wise. Nice. And because you uh, you hit up, basically, you don't meet everyone in Norse mythology. You only meet a few, yeah. like a few people on the fringe. Well, you got to save them for sequels. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But they definitely talk about all of them. Nice. And you definitely see a lot of stuff that I thought was just ideas. And mm-hmm. then they bring them to life in ways that is unbelievably cool. You do see it in all of the ads. But when you get to the world serpent, yeah, whew, that is awesome cool so i'm so amped and i liked that like it it, to me playing this is a similar experience to when i first played grand theft auto 4 it's interesting that they're both fours because your association with the game outside of it is that this is the game where there's like sex and violence and then you play this and like the story is so is is so engaging and mature like not in the mature of the violence but mature of this of this guy kratos like i like that he's he's not a good dad, but he does, but he does care about his son. I was worried because of my association with Kratos as a character that he wouldn't even like the kid. Mm-hmm. It's like no, he likes him. He's just in, in no way equipped to express that to this other person. You know what I mean? And that's more engaging. I like how mature it is, and that was an experience I had with Grand Theft Auto Four, which which is still one of my favorite games of all time. How mature that story was. <clears throat> and so I'm excited for all of that because I the, I met Balder and I've met. Um, the the dwarf one of the dwarf brothers that makes the axe um, and his thing whatever his pack animal is that carries all his stuff oh uh, I don't even remember whatever. it's not the biggest thing but it is fun to see it yeah, yeah. It, it, and a lot of and then talking about like the different uh, creatures because they're these undead and like witch stuff your, your basic enemy situation but like learning the fight mechanic it's it's cool to play a game where you, you die. But you're like, nah, that's on me. Like that was that was, I, and you learn and you grow, and and not getting frustrated with that, uh, because there's times in games where you're just like, that was I was doing the thing that was dumb. Mm-hmm. This you don't feel that. It's it's a lot of uh, it's it's earns the praise. David Rodriguez gotten, in the chat says, uh, "God of War was so great," uh, and I 100% agree. He hopes you enjoy. So I, far, so good. It, the when it starts to get into creatures, yeah, the. Uh, I will say uh, the I because it's on the box. So yeah, I, that's all. That's all base. Whatever I talk about on this, yeah. there is a dragon at one point that's not really that big of that story, but they used mm. it in a lot of the advertisement. But it doesn't behave the way a normal dragon cool. does. And there's a history to it. But does, as far as I got, because I did not do all the side missions, yeah. I want it because also I think it's more personally in this game to finish the story yeah. and then come back around to the 
the bonus like missions because yeah. those are really hard. They're okay. re- like they're really really hard. Yeah. And getting everything that you possibly can to go up against them, it's still really difficult. And I think it's I think it's more rewarding to go back around and do it that way. Yeah, we'll see. Because I'm also a little side missioned out from Red Dead. Yeah, there's a lot of. I didn't no, I didn't do all of them. There you was most there, of I, them. there was a point in Red Dead like I didn't bother with the legendary fish because I had to decide like is this fun and do I want to do it? Yeah. And the legendary fish wasn't fun. So I didn't do that. And then there's a mission where you have to go find like a bunch of like bird feathers and stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do this. I don't, I don't have the time in my life. If it wasn't story related, you can also find dinosaur bones. I didn't bother with that. I had about three months in. I was like, okay, I got to start making some calls here on what I do or don't do in this game. (laughs) I did have to look it up, but um, I had to try to figure out what Kratos's deal was at the end of his last games. Cause they Mm. do have something to do with, the story and the story the game doesn't explain it okay which doesn't actually ruin it that much yeah. but i did have to you might have to do a quick google search of where what kratos is by the end of his games yeah um which i had an idea He's, of yeah but i i didn't know he was confirmed it's not a spoiler if i you can ask I mean, yeah you it's ask. not a, yeah because it's he is by the end he's the god of war because in the first or second game he kills Ares, right who tricked him yeah, yeah. but he's also the son of zeus yes yeah that's a go-to he gets who's got around yeah of course <laughs> yeah. um which i but by when this game started i was i thought he was just heightened i didn't yeah. know he was a god because i think he was just heightened in the first game yeah. and I think maybe it's the second he got game? powers basically yeah. and then they were taken away and they were given to him and taken away and da, da, da. and um, kind of went back and forth with all the other games because they didn't really know what to do with those stories when you yeah. read the run through of God of War 1 through 3 you're yeah. like they didn't know what they wanted to do with yeah. this exactly they had the first game which is yeah. great and I didn't know it was a mistake when it came to his what like happened to his family yeah basically he kills his family he i didn't know that was a mistake I yeah, it's like it. a classic like wolverine mind control situation i yeah. didn't know that yeah. i thought he did it by his own will i'm like why are people playing these games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds like that's a really not great guy but i really dig it and i like how complicated knowing that and then going to this game it's nice to know how complicated his feelings are and just being a father or being yeah. a person like whatever <laughs> just he is, being a human being, being yeah. or not being more because he hates what he is yeah and i think that's really really interesting and you interviewed the voice actor right yeah they got the perfect because they got Ever the, seen that dude mm-hmm. they got the perfect voice actor because it it seems vaguely inhuman like the way he speaks like that that level of voice deepness Boy, yeah, yeah it's like that's not how people talk you know what i mean so they did a good job with that and also just big ups to that game because it doesn't cut it, yeah when it, it's it, beautiful the way it integrates that stuff is beautiful and if you uh like oh man, also I, props that the kid's not annoying he is not yeah there are some cool elements where they would they deal with the idea of a kid who is entitled mm-hmm. in, a, in a story and it's so cool the way they have Kratos have to deal with it in a way that isn't being a... He's being a dick, but yeah. he's being a dad. And yeah. that's more what it is. He's being a very good father in a way that... But in a sense that he doesn't know how to communicate how to teach this lesson in a way. Yeah, and it's, it's something so else like, hard. Is, is as harsh. It, it makes sense that Kratos would be a harsh father figure. Um, but he doesn't want to be. Well, and, but also in the context, because it's like, this is scary. This is scary. Like, mm-hmm. Atreus is going to have to pick up some stuff quick because mm-hmm. this is scary. And he, and like, he didn't, he wanted him to have a normal life. That's yeah. why he let his mom mainly raise him. Yeah. But when you, and also it's fun to learn more about her yeah. and her. I'm whole excited role. about that yeah. being unpacked because I'm like, who, who would put up with Kratos? I, I need to know who this person is that's like, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> uh, and also when they deal with some of, of the other like Norse, I don't know if it's a god that they talk mm-hmm. about, but there's someone that they talk about who might just be an explorer. Cool. And that 
keys is oh so many things that are pretty great. So um, that that part's pretty cool. I might actually just replay that game. Yeah. I, I really like it. It's um, I, it was very rewarding to get to the end because it felt like oh you're just it, the way it ends is such a cool way where it's like oh and then this is where two starts. It's mm-hmm. not like big monster comes up and cut to black. It's yeah. like no, it ends in a way where it's like this story is done, yeah. but. This door, all these doors are open. I, I'm really, it, I think franchises should learn how to do that better. My favorite it's hard. this game must have been so difficult to make, though. Because you want that, I like the idea of leaving it open-ended, which in franchises means sequels, but also where it doesn't matter. I think the best examples are Back to the Future, because it's like, Marty, we gotta go with your kids. But also, you don't need the sequel for that ending to work. That's still the perfect end note for that movie. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the adventure continues. Mm-hmm. That's basically all that means. The other really good one is Batman Begins, where where uh, Commissioner Gordon's like, hey, now that you're doing this thing, somebody what else. Are the, what are the ramifications? And the Joker card, because obviously it means a sequel, but it's also the perfect button for that movie. It sews up everything that movie was saying. Mm-hmm. And you don't need it. You want it, but you don't need you don't need it for the story to still work. You know, does that tease? By the way, I've never thought about this until right now. Does that tease make sense for what happens in the Dark Knight? Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, because because the Joker's been doing that for a minute at the beginning of the Dark Knight. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So and that's... it's interesting how it also sets up the themes of that movie because the theme of the Dark Knight is different than than um, Batman Begins, and it, and it sets up that notion of escalation and everything. They really did. I know some people are on the fence about Dark Knight Rises, but I, I really think they did a very good work on that trilogy, going from one to the next and leading to that them- thematically. But anyway, the point is, with the way you're describing the God of War ending, I, I like your ability to be like, it's open-ended, but it's still a complete, you still got a complete idea. Yeah. You know exactly where the writers would like to go. Yeah. And you might even already kind of know the ending to this. Yeah. And it's very intriguing if they actually get to play it out. Also, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie did a good job because she comes in like, "Hey, we got to yeah, do, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean." Classic Hi, yeah. Super those, Mario Brothers and movie. And those sequels were really good. Uh, can't wait for I more. I did as a I did as a kid want a sequel. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, I wanted the same. I didn't want the Goombas, but yeah, I wanted yeah. like Yoshi. That yeah. was cool. Yoshi was cool. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't what I wanted, but yeah. I liked it. Dennis Hopper was Bowser, and yeah. he becomes a T Rex person. They got Dennis Hopper. They got. And he's full Dennis Hopper in that movie. Yeah. Like, he's full, like... Dylan from Speed, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Man, he's so good. Uh, Yeah. You've never Uh, seen Blue Velvet, have you? No. That's special. What's it compared to the Super Mario movies? Where does uh, that fit in? Where does that? Where does it like connect canonically? canonically. <laughs> yeah. It's before. It's when Jeez. Bowser was running around huffing some sort of gas substance uh, before he became a T Rex person, and, like oh. a, like the mutant version. You know what oh. I mean? Yeah. Before that happens. Interesting. Well, I might check it out. Yeah. Before we go any further, I actually want to talk about a friend of the show. Yes. My friend Derek. Actually, no. Mm. I want to talk about our friends over at Talkspace. Yes, please and thank Derek's you. Derek's a nice guy, and Derek actually helped me through a rough patch in my life. And guess what? We always need a person who can support us through the rough patches or even the everyday ups and downs left do you agree yes yeah can we give a shout out to derek yeah one time derek. one two three derek. derek talk space is therapy for how we live today it's mobile it's available when you need it and it's affordable life can be stressful but between work family and everything in between it's 
not always easy to find time for yourself. So Talkspace is online therapy, which makes taking care of your mental health more affordable and convenient than ever before. Simply provide your preference for therapy and Talkspace will match with one of 4,000 therapists the very same day. That's impressive. Send your therapist unlimited text, audio, picture, or video messages from anywhere at any time. No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. That's extremely important for you to remember and join more than 1 million who feel happier with Talkspace. Finding the right therapist doesn't have to be stressful. I have gone through that it's not fun it isn't it's stressful and it's not fun to have to explain what's going on with you over and over again so it's nice to talk space makes it affordable the therapy is a really positive thing but trying to navigate that and find the right person is really challenging oh yeah and it's convenient and easy to use you no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind with talk space you can send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device from anywhere at any time of day and guess what gang it's affordable one month of therapy on the talk space platform costs about the same amount as a single face-to-face session. Best of all, you'll never have to wait a week to share what's on your mind. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match you with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use our code STUPID to get your first week free and show your support for this show. That's STUPID at Talkspace.com. Get the help you need and support our show at the same time. It's a great combination. Get yourself your very own Derek and let us know how it goes for you. Shout out to Derek one more time. One, two, three. Derek. Derek. Now back to the show. Um, for me, I th- I give a shout out to Watchmen because I yeah, finished it. Free, free right um, shout out to uh, Drunk Poet Society. It's a podcast. I'm going to be going on soon to review it. And I'm going to come. Up, I have to come up with a cocktail or find a cocktail that inspires me that like deals like with Watchmen. So I'm going to do something with like a yellow, like like a lemonade syrup. Or there's a lot of the people I'm going to shoot it with have a lot of blue curacao. So maybe yeah. I'll do like a Doctor Manhattan something like that. Oh, Ooh, that's great. If that's I made a Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan, that's what's up dude thank fuck i talked about it on yeah. the podcast dr so manhattan is is 100 what you manhattan. do and you make it blue somehow yeah now but that leads to a question i have i'm, I'm very interested to talk more about with you about watchmen but how does one make a cocktail huh you, you know what i mean like ooh, it, i have a great coming answer. up with i have a, a perfect answer for okay it. It, the there is a world-renowned uh, he hates the word now because he kind of like made fun of the word. He yeah. kind of came up with mixologist, okay, and because it didn't mean anything, yeah. <laughs> it, didn't, it, it meant nothing. Um, and even breaking it down, it doesn't mean yeah. what you want it to. But then hipster douches started <laughs> taking that and they're like, "Come to this mixology party, and we'll be making these drinks." Or this mixologist is at this bar for two months making these like signature cocktails, and he's like, "No, that kind of just bred this weird hipster douche thing." And he doesn't yeah. like it. Um, he's a very his energy reminds me a lot of Joe Rogan, this guy who created yeah. this stuff. And uh, it's very interesting because he didn't like alcohol. He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't like getting drunk, but he's like, I like the chemistry behind it. And now I've learned oh, to man, like he's a Heisenberg. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, anyways, uh, his way of talking about how to make a, co- a perfect cocktail, and this yeah. works for if you want to make a margarita, a daiquiri, a what the, whatever you want to make, uh, depending. Yeah. Basically, it's um, two parts. Uh, it's basically simple algebra of like, uh, two parts alcohol, yeah. one part a bitter, and then one part a sweet. A okay. bitter could be just bitters, or it could be something that has like a bitter like taste to it. Yeah. And then a sweet, which could be just a sugar cube, or it could be citrus or something like that. And then the two parts alcohol. And it's usually um, 
that's where you see it like bars they have like little like scoopers that are double sided or like yeah. a double sided funnel where like one's like a little bit bigger than the other side yeah. fill in one side with alcohol that's how much the drink needs and then the other sides you fill in with the sweets and then basically from there you just exponentially make it bigger until if you wanted to make it like a pitcher yeah. you would do it that you'd use that math of okay. two parts alcohol one part bitters one part uh, snake sweet so please don't judge me for being an idiot about this stuff when you say bitters one, I don't know what that is. Two, also, are, isn't alcohol already kind of better? But no. Okay. I mean, it has a kick. That's okay. the, it has a burn to it. A bitter is something that it's tart. It has a tart. Okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha, something gotcha. that is tart that would uh, give it something. that It's something, it's nice sometimes having a sour aspect to yeah, it, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having something sweet in there to cut it. So it's a cool mixture of two really distinct flavors. Gotcha. It's your Sour Patch Kids drink. <laughs> <laughs> sour, Classic. sweet, gone. Um, and then you're gone. <laughs> But that's um, so, his his recipe. I thought was a good way of looking at. It's how classic daiquiris are made in like post prohibition because it was okay. really easy for people to learn how to do that. Um, and it's also it's eyeballing. That's all it is. And you just basically make anything until it tastes good. And what's great is this guy. Um, I think I have his. No, I won't look it up right now. But um, uh, I think I have his uh, home address. There we go. <laughs> I have his phone number. Guys, write it down. Um, but he uh, he would experiment. He'd get really creative with the way he'd make drinks because he wanted to make something that people would like and he, that he would like. Yeah. He's like, I'm not good. He's like, he doesn't use syrups. He uses fresh stuff. And that's I like why. It. That's cool. And so, and he also goes out into the wilderness. And he tries to find things. They're like, these are safe to eat. This yeah. is good. But how can I distill it into something that actually works for making a cocktail? Like, he used stinging nettles, which is technically edible. And he'd be like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the thing that barbs you when you go on a hike. And yeah. It's like, yeah, no, but he distills it down to a bitter. And so there's nothing, no part of it that hurts you when you drink it. It just has a bitter taste to it. Yeah. And then he use cactus as a sweetener. And like, wow. and so it's like a desert flower type drink. And it's great because he would tell these stories, uh, suggest ologies, the podcast he's on. It's mixology. You can listen to it. And his stories are great where he had this woman, he has his own bar in Malibu, which got kind of damaged in the big fire that happened last Jeez. year it didn't burn down yeah. but the restaurant attached to it did so that's Jeez. so you can't you can't go there um but he would just his drinks are worth a little bit more mm-hmm. so but if he messes up and he, you don't like it he's like that's fine i'm not gonna charge you again he'll go back and make it and he said he went back seven times making a drink perfect for somebody because he's like that's you paid for the drink and if it's not what you wanted i'm mm. not gonna that's not your fault yeah. if you get down to the bottom and say you don't like it then then you're a dick so yeah. uh because it's expensive to make drinks yeah. and he really tries his best but when it comes to making uh, a mixed drink for someone the way that you could usually do it is like two parts alcohol one part bitter one part sweet and then you can also play around with it um, which okay. is cool like and usually you do that with like a clear alcohol like a vodka or um, a tequila or something like so that so what goes Gin. into a Manhattan I don't know I don't oh, know okay. I've actually never had a Manhattan before but we should look it up my favorite's an old fashioned which okay. is bitters then one sugar cube that you grind up and on the on like the bottom of the glass the rind of an uh, citrus, so it's like a hint of citrus because you don't want it to be too sweet. And yeah. then, uh, like a, a like they always say, like a finger, like basically whatever the first notch of the bottom of your pointer finger to the first knuckle. Yeah, that's how much alcohol is inside the drink. Gotcha. And so, and it's only meant for sipping. It's just something that like is, uh, it's something that just kind of builds on whatever you're eating or mm-hmm. it's something that's meant to be atmospheric and i really there's a lot of fun the idea of drinking like i mean everyone went through like most people went through a phase of like drinking too much and you, you learn your lesson and if you end up out when you, on the other side of that if you end up figuring out that you actually do like it yeah. then you can actually make stuff that's fun for sipping and it's fun for like uh camping great for like that's awesome to have like whiskey when you go camping because it's a warm 
type of alcohol and it feels like you're drinking a campfire nice. and I, the feeling that a campfire makes you feel on the inside yeah. that's what the drink does and I really enjoy that um, I always drink responsibly I'll just say that yeah, it doesn't hurt that. to throw it out there um, like uh, my girlfriend did a there's a thing called a muddler which uh, or you're able to muddle which uh, basically like pulverize yeah. fruit and she made a cocktail with blackberries and raspberries and muddled them into the little orbs <laughs> and nice. looked like the orb drink yeah. you know for yeah, those yeah, yeah, yeah. it tastes like you're drinking a lava lamp um, and it was super tasty I am going to look up what's in a Manhattan anyway oh wait that, so Wendy S says Amarato Sours are her favorite Caitlin Conway in the chat says a Manhattan is whiskey vermouth and a, and bitter it's delicious and by the way if you're wondering like oh how can I be a part of the discord you can go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers that's how you do um, and that's how you can be a part of the community because that's where we, we kind of integrate this this podcast is specifically uh, helps us connect closer to other fans and our listeners and be more personal. But the Patreon is where you really get to know us better and be a part of that community. And our community, our Patreon community is the best. It's legitimately the best. So patreon.com slash only stupid answers. They're the bomb. For that. So. Yeah, no, the it, yeah, it's also uh, whiskey or bourbon. That, gotcha. That's one. Which, by the way, bourbon just means it's from Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. Like how champagne is technically <laughs> not champagne unless it's from Champagne, France. Yeah. After that, it's just sparkling wine yeah so uh so to make it blue would that be part of the sweet aspect of it is that where you get the blue in there yep it's called a curacao and uh it is what is in most blue drinks that you see Mm -hmm. uh, at beach parties (laughs) when you're a kid and you're like what drink you want blue yeah and i think (laughs) there is you could also use the syrup that's in snow cones and like that would be fine as well i don't really like syrups in there because you can kind of start to you feel Sleepier, quicker because you're mm-hmm. drinking uh, alcohol is already sugar, yeah. so you're already, you're adding more sugar on top of it. Yeah, but you got a bit you got to fulfill. I know you. I I would I would use curacao first. There is sweetness to it, but there is a little bit of alcohol there that's that's nice, nice as well. Uh, but Manhattan also, by the way, this recipe for making drinks is from like. Uh, prohibition time like after when mm-hmm. especially like during the war because yeah. when you didn't have money to like make anything fancy it's just do find the simplest shit that you can possibly find and like make it something that's tasty out of it so manhattan actually sounds really good and that's all sounds a lot like an old-fashioned i think there an old-fashioned is uh specifically bourbon and a manhattan is whiskey that's basically pointless it's the same <laughs> drink but it is still really cool um but with uh, revisiting uh watchmen yeah. it is very cool reading doomsday clock right now because of uh i think Hats off to Jeff Johns uh, and Gary Frank, but Jeff Johns specifically when it comes to the story, because I think he found he picked up the pieces really well. Yeah. I think he did a very good job setting up the story. I th- and I like so far how they're focusing on each of these characters and unwinding what they mean to the DC universe and how they've affected them. Yeah. And I like so far in, the, in Doomsday Clock, we found out that Doctor Manhattan just changed one thing. Yeah. And then it ripple effect and it changed. It yeah. created the new 52, whatever. Yeah. I love that. It's such a small, ins- insignificant, tiny little change yeah. that led to the Legion of Superheroes not existing It's anymore. also like a sociopathic, because doesn't Alan Scott burn to death? Uh, he, he was in a, the in a plane crash, or yeah. train crash. Yeah. So, so he just moved the, the lantern a little far. So Alan Scott, it's like, yeah, Dr. Manhattan, it's not that he like he's not evil, twisting his mustache or whatever. But he's a sociopath. Like he has no context for like what it means to be a person anymore. <laughs> and in Watchmen, he doesn't because yeah. he's so beholden to the fact that he has no. I mean, throwing away before Watchmen or anything like that, yeah. he has no control over how time moves. Yeah, he his, just perceives but, all of it at once. His before Watchmen is actually one of my favorites, by the way. It but is, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but outside of that, and just yes. reading Watchmen. Um, the fact that he doesn't have control over it and yeah. he's never surprised anymore, and he just has to live out how the timeline's supposed to go. Yeah. 
it's scary and it's sad. And the moment where he realizes the importance of humanity in uh, in the context of the global, like the universal experiment that is like life and everything, yeah. uh, and how he compares everything, it's like yeah, the squabbles of humans doesn't matter because like he's looking at on Mars, he's showing like uh, like I think it's. Olympus Mons, the the biggest mountain in the entire solar system, yeah. and the deepest canyon. It's like thirteen thousand miles long or whatever, and it's yeah. you could fit whole countries inside of it. It's yeah. so big, and he's like, why? Why does anything the humans do matter? And it's like it, it, that's not the point because yeah. he cares about the big and the small, and the fact that the probability of a person existing is astronomical. There's yeah. no way to calculate how a person would exist and turn out the way that they do. Yeah. And that's and he he gets lost in the grandness that is the universe that he can now perceive in time that he he forgot. And I like that that lesson could be taught again, but at the same time, I don't know there, there, I I enjoy so far what they've taught, uh, what they've shown in doomsday clock. The prop, the problem is coming in the end. We have three to four more issues, four more It's 12. So 10, 11, 12, we have three more after this. The thing is, is I, I want him to wrap up the watchman storyline Mm-hmm. That he's set so far, yeah. and that's marionette and mine. Mine, yeah. They can kind of be open ended, and you can have fun with that. Ozymandias, you can have a good, a clean ending to that. That would be good. The comedian, I really am interested to see how he oh, wraps up that right. storyline. Back, he is, yeah. and it's right before he died. And I think there's a really interesting way you could wrap up his storyline when it comes to his perception of the world, yeah. because he, he is a bad person. Yes, but he has a and he's a nihilistic, one hundred percent, like mm-hmm. in the way he views the world. Yeah. But there's something really interesting that he could look at in terms of like how the DC universe is rolling out. Also, the fact that there was no 1940 superheroes and the first superperson, superhero or, or or vigilante or anything is Superman. Yeah. The idea of the Superman project that like the U.S. government set up, it makes sense and it's such a cool juxtaposition to how uh, Watchmen's like universe fe- like started to roll out. Like yeah. the it is fascist they, like the idea that the u.s government created like metamorpho and firestorm yeah. and like why they had to do that yeah. and why the u.s government felt they had to do that and how the uh global community would react to that i really enjoy what they've set up so far I, they've already they just they just introduced wally west being like a ramification of like dr manhattan stuff and they need to explain that that's crazy mm-hmm that's crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I do. I do like the way Doomsday Clock is going, and I like the way. I like the way it connects to Watchmen, but it doesn't. It doesn't change Watchmen. No. Like it Watchmen need is to. its own. Yeah, Watchmen is, is its own. Like, and also, I just always feel we need worth pointing out. It used to be called Who Killed Peacemaker. It was based off the Charlton characters. Like, it's not. It is an original story, but based on the work of other people. That's how this industry works. Like, it's the the we they need to treat their creators well and correctly but the idea of like something sacred and no other person can ever touch it ever again is well like come on yeah you can play around with it they're gonna be whatever so and i don't think it does anything to that story no and and i really like the like the exploration because they set up in at the end of watchmen that a lot of people are having nightmares because of what happened The, the event that happened that caught like that in the finale of watchmen and that led to the second Rorschach and that kid's obsession with Rorschach and his misunderstanding of what it meant for his father is yeah. really interesting. And that's all, that's all because Ozymandias manipulated him yeah. and with easy information that he could have gotten. Yeah. So simple that I love that, like the way it's doled out that way. And, um, I like Ozymandias's point of view on how to fix this. And yeah. even when it comes to doomsday clock, having to like, I can fix this here as well. Mm-hmm. And I can get John to come back and, and 
like solve the problems in the Watchmen universe. No. Also, I love that they set up that John, aka Doctor Manhattan, is a human. He yeah. is built like a human, mm-hmm. but like he, his body doesn't really matter. It yeah, yeah, yeah. He can kind of not that he can leave that, but he can copy it. He can make recreate that out of nothing. He can move, visualize time in different ways. And he can manipulate his own mass. Like he yeah. can do things that are outside of it. But like in Doomsday Clock, where you see. Guy Gardner like break his neck by accident. Yeah. It happens because that's just what he has to look like. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I also like it's fun to see what what doc, like a, it's almost like a thought experiment. What would Doctor Manhattan's take be on the fun stuff and the, like magic? Yeah, you know, because he doesn't get, he didn't really he is the super thing in that world. So what if he had to interact with other super things? Super things like what what would his perspective be on it? Because I, I think uh, all the characters in, in Watchmen are very their perspectives are really interesting, and it's a, it's it it is what it is, and it's regarded the way it is for a reason um because alan moore is just one of those like we got so many great uh, uh creators like around that time because alan moore grant morrison neil gaiman um the british invasion for all that stuff like um it, if you haven't read watchman read watchman mm-hmm. and then go check out doomsday clock you can skip most of the before watchman stuff no i think <laughs> what i've heard and what i know of the before watchman dr manhattan story was that really one's good, good because it's if i remember correctly it's him perceiving alternate how things could happen differently. Well, I, I, what I heard was the pitch. The, did you read it? Or did you, yes, I okay, did, yeah. but it's been a while. Yeah, so like the idea that it, he, if he wants to make a choice outside of how he perceives time, he can, yeah. but it messes everything up. Yeah, and then also the Silk Spectre one is good because I believe Amanda Connor was on that one or it's beautiful. And then I, I enjoyed um, the Rorschach one just because it was Brian Azarell and Lee Bermejo, same team on Batman Damned. So if nothing else, it looked amazing. Mm-hmm. It looked so great. Uh, comedian was also Brian Azzarello and J.G. Jones, and that was okay. Which was the one that? Uh, oh, and the Minutemen. There you because, go. Because uh, because it's Darwin Cook. There we go. And so that's that's amazing because it's Darwin Cook, uh, and it's weird to see him do because like I feel like his new frontier is like is is the traditional DC universe version of Watchmen, except because it's traditional DC universe, significantly more optimistic mm-hmm. about everything, minus the you know the race part. The, the stuff you yeah. go through is bad, but like its outlook. Oh yeah, yeah. Is, perspective is like, on yeah, the perspective is in the way it, it, the note it ends on is a significantly more positive one. Um, but so having him dive into the Watchmen universe, which is not that. Mm-hmm. Um, God, he's so good. It bums me out that he's not with us anymore because he's such an amazing creator. And lastly, I'll say uh, you mentioned that because I never got this with the first time I went through this not through Watchmen that the the reason why there's a pirate novel is because comic superheroes don't aren't popular anymore. If because anything, they exist. They are all despised by yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next pulpy genre that takes off is pirates yes and the idea that this is paralleling the story that he's reading i i thought that was really interesting and I, I thought it was a huge missed opportunity that remember tropic thunder begins with a fake trailer yes i watchman should have begun with a fake trailer for the pirate story that you see throughout or no, not that you see throughout because you're not gonna be able to do it throughout i know he has a fucking four-hour cut with the animated whatever forget all that you know what i mean you're, you're i think for me an adaptation is like translating one lang- like English to Spanish, uh, one language to another language. So you use the language of the comic to the language of movies, and the, the way that functions in the comic, it's now it should be a, a movie adaptation of that pirate story, and you see a trailer of it before the movie. You know, because that's the way to communicate that idea to your audience. And it's just it was just little stuff like. Whatever. I, we're not going to get in the movie. But, uh, it, uh, we should do an episode on it when before Watchmen, or sorry, the Watchmen TV show comes out. We should. I'm nervous about that show. I am too. I'm and sure it'll be good. I just don't know if I need it. I don't like the movie. So yeah. I, and I, we, we should revisit it and see how we feel. I, 
I also don't if like we're the ba- movie. If we're ballsy enough, mm-hmm. maybe the ultimate cut. I've it, never seen it. Maybe we do it in like two cut. days. Yeah. I just know that whoever they cast as Ozymandias, I don't know who that actor is, and I don't like him. Yeah. It, it, I don't like honestly, him in the role. He's the only casting that I... I don't like that movie. He's the only casting I don't like. I think the casting of pretty much everybody else is is solid, except for Silk Spectre. I don't yeah. like that actress. But no, but Dr. Yeah. Manhattan Rorschach. Yeah, Rorschach is and Slam Patrick Dunk. Wilson. Patrick Wilson is always great in everything, forever and but ever. But also, he, he does the perfect that idea of who Night Owl is by the time that we meet that character mm-hmm. is being like this like sad sack who's just like yeah. God, stop fucking moping, man. Yeah. Like I get that you want to be happy and be normal. But also, you're fascist. So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, but Jackie Earl Haley as, as Rorschach is is perfect. He was born to play that role. Yeah, man. Hey, speaking of, we were born to answer some questions. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead, dive on in. Look at the Discord. We want to we want to dive uh, deep into the bigger questions you guys had. So first up, we have one from a person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, it's in a Discord, so then it's a username. We could say it, but I'll, I won't for the track record we have so far. Yes, that's true. That's of a good point. I wasn't thinking about saying that. Names. Which, by the way, you can communicate with the Discord, but also if you have some of these deeper questions, you can go to ask at onlystupidanswers.com and make sure in the subject you put fit to air so we know it's good for us to discuss on the show. Boom. All right, so first up, we got a question here. How quickly I got to think of questions for you guys. There you go. Well, I sent it uh, last night, so you had a whole day. Yeah, you had a whole day. Yeah, this one came, kind of came together last minute. So last, uh, we have another question here for someone who's watching live as well. Uh, with the Joker having his own movie, yeah. what would be a great movie concept of Magneto for his solo film? He's my favorite comic book character. Wish I told you more. Uh, wished I told you more. They were um, working on a Magneto movie for a while, and then that kind of I think the premise for that kind of got loop, looped into first class. Which it, it, I so it would just be an exploration of uh, his like revenge from him being in concentration camp. Yeah, which I just as someone who still hadn't watched uh, read a comic by the time that First Class came out, and yeah. I didn't know that like watching the X Men movies, I was like a kid. Yeah. To an early teen. So I'm still, like, I started... So the concentration so, st- camp stuff didn't really stick with you? <laughs> well, no, I didn't... I mean, First Class is the one I fully grasped, like, yeah. every part of the, every aspect of the story. So the early ones, if that had been ever highlighted, it may have been. I don't remember. Yeah. So it was... I don't know. It was in the first movie. Like, I think very similar to First Class, where it was, like, a prologue, him being dragged from his parents and everything. I would understand why that part wouldn't particularly stick with you as a kid. The one that did is kid guy melting on table into water. Yeah, that I one's... could understand why that would stick with you. Yeah, that one scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And how scary Rogue's powers are. It is interesting with um, uh, with characters like Magneto, um, how the comics need to find a way to update that stuff. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, we're getting pretty far from it at this point. You know, like... Uh, if we, how old is he? <laughs> he was a kid. Great question. Yeah, he's great old. question. Yeah, and he's still running around, mm-hmm. joining yeah. the X Men again. Apparently, based yes. on Jonathan Hickman's run. Shout out to Jay Shark and David. In the chat. Uh For me, I I like the exploration of that. Doing a period piece that's kind of like the Joker, where it doesn't need to be in the eighties because we're good yeah. on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we did it. But the idea. Well, of, the character was created in the sixties, so maybe the sixties. Sixties would be cool. Also, with the civil rights movement, when it comes to yeah. uh, the the thinly veiled uh, like race issues that they try to talk about with the X-Men doing setting that during the 60s could be could be interesting and also a take of honestly 
a world that's similar to how Marvel's played out mm-hmm. would be interesting for basically any character that you wanted to tell. Magneto would be most interesting because have you read Marvel's? Oh, you know what? I haven't. It's, no. Wow, it's a great one. Okay. And That's Mark Wade and Alex Ross. Yes. Again, same team from Kingdom Come. But the idea, the way that they look at the X-Men is so interesting. Interesting. Because it's so... The X-Men, Yeah. because they're kids, they seem scary. They yeah. They intentionally make them look scary, even though they're not doing anything. They're not yeah. doing it. They're just on the street, and people are upset and basically kind of like riding towards them. Yeah. And your character that you're following kind of gets swept up in it. It's, and they show how easy sometimes if you're maybe unbiased or if you had like some deep-seated biases and yeah. like suddenly they kind of come out when they're when it's a heightened situation yeah. and then you can see how you actually feel about something mm-hmm. and you can see you can confront that and yeah. you can choose to change that's what's interesting yeah. and one of the great lines because the reason the character chooses the change is because people are like yelling at the x-men and you hear cyclops say to his friends like don't do anything they're not worth it mm-hmm. and that line of they're not worth it yeah stuck with the guy and he's like what does that mean exactly? Yeah. Like, and it, it, the way he starts kind of dealing with that, there's also more interesting things that happen around that, yeah. but that resonates with the character in a way where it's like, what does that mean? What does he think we are? Yeah. And what do I think of them? Yeah. Like, honestly, and it makes him have to have make a decision about That's that. Great. Mark Wade is so talented. He's such a talented writer. So I would like to jump off this question and say, what villain do you think could carry their own movie? I think Magneto, honestly, yeah. that's that would be a really good one. Doctor Doom would be interesting as well. Yeah. And if you tone back, I think, the campiness of the comics, which a lot of people like, where like, he speaks regally, mm-hmm. like a king would, I think, yeah. it, since we are modern day now. <laughs> if you wanted to set it further well, back in the like, 60s. Um, when J. Michael Straczynski took over Thor, he stopped with the V and the Vows uh-huh. and updated it to more lord of the rings especially because when his run was coming out i think uh it was just after um peter jackson's lord of the ring movies so instead of like old shakespeare it was still it still felt regal but it was more lord of the rings regal which which was easier to connect with in the early 2000s than like thou shalt not basically the way iron man makes fun of him in the avengers movie you know what i mean that's the way they spoke in the comics which uh i i also like that they adapted that for the movie as well where he can speak regally he speaks like a king would or a god would but he's saying things that are pretty mainstream ipod no breaking bad exactly probably a big breaking bad fan yeah why why wouldn't he be what else see for honest question what else are they doing in asgard yeah what do they do in asgard what do they do they live their lives yeah what's happening in asgard what's going on in asgard um what would other be other good villains that could carry their own movie because i'm still kind of on the fence about the joker movie too noah hawley wrote that spec script for dr doom which a lot of people said was really good i trust noah hawley to tell a villain story legion i did not think could hold his own show and And definitely can yeah definitely can it's so interesting yeah i mean like there's the two there's the joker graphic novel and the lex luther graphic novel you could do it's tough man because i still you know lex luther would be super interesting like before superman shows up i want but i you know i want to see him square off against their people you know what i mean you but also just showing his point of view yeah and you can have him lose Mm -hmm. you can have lex lose in that movie yeah and it it wouldn't change how at the end of the day you could see what what he means. He's doing it wrong. Yeah. He's doing. You can have a. You can tell a story where your your protagonist, the person you're following, is so. Uh oh, bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Which as was a legion's looking like it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least complicated better. at best. Oh yeah. Um, which is interesting. Lex Luthor at the end of the day, he is selfish, but he is looking up for humanity. That's yeah. what he believes deep yep. down. And getting people to understand that in a in a cinematic way that like because uh, you've described to me how he sees like Batman and Superman square off and it's like basically Superman's just playing nice if he if 
Batman ever has the upper hand. Yeah. Even with Kryptonite. Mm -hmm. Even with anything. Yeah. He's just playing nice. Yeah. Which is great, which yeah. is really cool. Showing that in a movie would be a more fun way to show a darker Superman because we know it's just, it's not how Superman's being perceived by everyone. It's just how he's seeing have him. You, have you ever read the Lex Luthor graphic novel? No, that's what I mean. Because by it's, you. yeah, because of, of the way, because of the way he perceives it. Like Superman's scary in that book, man. Just like you're talking about, like the way he, because it's the way he perceives it. Like it's this guy. And of course, every time Superman talks to him because he's Lex Luthor, Superman's pissy at Lex Luthor. So it's like that angry, scary Superman. And that's all he sees, you know? Um, Which wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. If you wanted a dark Superman, just show it from the point of view of someone who doesn't like him. I also think the rogues, Flash's rogues could make a pretty good, I want them to do that in the movie, man. It's like, yeah, I love Reverse Flash as a cool character, but like the show really nailed that arc. They really did a good job. But the one thing the show hasn't done is Flash's team of rogues together being the rogues. Mm -hmm. You know, the most we got was Captain Cold and Heat Wave. And, and, gold and, and glider. gold glider, but like you know, and that, the top and the mirror master. In the but they future. were the own ones. I want to see them all together in their little like dysfunctional family. One day. We had a How about Poison Ivy from Wendy S. in the chat Maybe um, Poison Ivy would be interesting because the idea of You could do something that's eco-centric Where it's mm-hmm. like talking about uh, like a green revolution And seeing someone rise up like that That we could relate to People yeah. who are more Who try to be more environmentally conscious That would that It's something that you could connect with really well Also the idea that like not that she's not all there because you can get into some like murky water when it comes to something like that. Yeah. But the idea that like she just has a very specific point of view of plants come first. Yeah. Because it's like they do everything for us and we just chop them up and turn them into houses and, you know, chairs. <laughs> chairs. These, these unbelievably comfy chairs. We have very, very nice chairs. There's some plastic in there, too. There's some plastic There's in some there. There's some plastic in there, too. That's not doing great. Um uh, Vegeta was also in the comments, but I don't. I watch Dragon Ball Z, so I couldn't say anything about. And that. also, he joins the good guys team for a majority of that show. I think. Hey, so. Lex Luthor sometimes a good guy too. It's true. He was part of the Justice League for a minute. That right. was cool. That was, that was really pretty cool. cool. Everyone's cowards for changing that back. <laughs> Wait, like ten more years? That's such a long time. <laughs> I mean, not for comics, man. Ten years? Yeah, ten years is is. is well, back in the day, now everything continuity has to change every year for everybody. But uh, but back in the day, it's like status quo lasted for like a minute. Hal Jordan was a bad guy for a long time. Yeah. For decades. I kind of miss I mean, because I, I grew up with that. So, like, when I was a kid, it was like Hal Jordan was the bad guy. Kyle Rayner was running around. And I kind of miss how simple that was. Mm-hmm. And also Kyle Rayner as the only Green Lantern. Where's Jon Stewart? Good question. I, John Stewart was was off the map for that amount of time. I don't then, know what it, what he was what he was up to. I don't think he was killed by Parallax because all the other ones were killed. Killer was fried by Parallax. Yeah. They were all dead. And... Guy and Guy Gardner, Gardner uh, it's actually my favorite take on Guy Gardner too. He, the stupid convoluted backstory stuff is weird, but the but the, where he got was interesting. He no longer had his ring. He found out he was part alien and was an alien. You could he could change his limbs into weapons like swords or guns and stuff like that. Yeah, and it was a cool take on on you know the Green Lantern can manifest stuff. He could still manifest stuff, but it was in like an edgier whatever way. And then him and Kyle became really good friends. I read. Um green lantern rebirth and john just has a ring yes yeah i think i think they just brought john back and i don't think he was dead at th- 
at the time, but I think it was after Zhangxi when he killed the whole world unintentionally. So Oopsie. maybe he was just taking a sabbatical. Oopsie poo. Yeah, you, know, you take a break a little bit. I would. I you know you don't want to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Danny Boy joined us. Yay. There's one Danny. We got one Danny alive. <laughs> That's important. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at another. Let's question. take another question here. We've got this one from Maggie Whitmer. Hello, Maggie. Uh, what's a small dream or fantasy you had as a child that you still wish could come true? For example, I've always wanted to wear a huge gown and dance at a royal ball, Cinderella style. For the uh, uh, yeah, um, you could still do that probably, and you could if yeah. you, if you but like honestly, if you can uh, with a little elbow grease and some determination, you could make that happen. Yeah, um, uh, Kate, uh, Maggie threw this out to the chat, and I just wanted to read. Uh, uh, Kate wrote, my small dream slash fantasy was to build my own A-frame house out in the forest and live the, there with just a dog and no one else. Uh, I will now edit to include a uh, good internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. You're going you're gonna to need that Netflix out there. Yeah, but once you have that internet connection, they know where you are. Disney Plus. They know where you are. You just kind of ping it around the world. They always say that in hacking movies. Yeah, just oh, got to ping the signal. Got to ping the ping. So mm-hmm. it, do you have a dream from childhood that you'd like to see golden retriever they have a golden retriever oh my god you I could definitely do that i know but it's definitely a dream i'm so you I, could do that now you live in a place where you could get a golden retriever but yeah but i want a puppy yeah you could do that raising a puppy is not easy that is fair that yeah. is true and I, also golden retrievers are, are my dog is two years old and it's not it's still not easy like we raised like dwight like i was there for him for the first two years mm-hmm. but i also it was when i was 18 and i or 17 and i was uh leaving high school so yeah. i started out in high school and my parents were able to show me ways that like uh, we could take care of him and it made it easy because we spread it out between three to four people yeah and that was that that just made it easier so yeah. i would it would be nice to be able to do it with somebody else and like raise him because like that's our family dog and he he i'll call him mine because i love him also he's a gift to me um <laughs> Uh, but he's, you know, our family dog, and that made it really easy. I would love to have a golden retriever. I would love to have a dog that I can run around with. I want to go to Japan. I can, I can imagine it now because now, like traveling as like much as we do, like I can imagine what it's going to feel like getting off that plane. I'm going to be tired. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to go out. I'm going to go to my hotel room. I'm going to order in. And I'm going to be like, oh god, I don't know. I'm going to order room service because I don't know where to get food. <laughs> and then that first day of going out and exploring and finally just like sitting down. My favorite part of traveling is not doing... I don't like itineraries when I travel. Mm-hmm. I want to hit the things that I want to hit, but I would, if I'm going to travel, I'm going to give myself enough time to do that. I don't yeah. want to... I don't want to make it a big day because that was super not fun for me. Um, but I'm going to... That first moment where I'm going to sit down in Japan at a coffee shop. I'm going to drink coffee. I'm going to look around. I'm going to realize where I am. And I'm, it happens every time I travel yeah. where you get a moment where you can soak it in because walking around and just seeing things, they're like, oh, that's the Mona Lisa. It's like, cool. And it's like, it doesn't, my brain can't connect that this is something that's special right now. I need a time to integrate into what is happening yeah. and feel like I live there. Japan's one. Italy's going to be one, like the Amalfi Coast, because that's where every Bond villain goes. Mm-hmm. Need to go there. I need to know what that's like. Is that in uh, Casino Royale when he's in the... Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It looks yes, beautiful. It's in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and it's at the end of Justice League. That's it, where Lex Luthor is. That's funny. I know in um, in Casino Royale, I think they are in Montenegro, is where the game takes place. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a huge pain in the ass to get to, but it's like, oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, but like, that's, I think that's south of France. It's, so it's like right yeah. at the border of like Italy, and that's where they do um, Formula One. That's one of the places they Jeez, do Formula right. One, where like the whole streets like shut down and they race it. Oh my god, you think it's just a Mario Kart track? <laughs> now, oh, that's how it works. That's something that I've always wanted, but also um, 
I, I want to a, a dream that I don't think I could ever do because I don't think I have the balls to do it. I'll be honest. The cojones, if you will, yeah. um, is to uh, a skydive, but I want someone to catch me. And that's something that's it's something that people do. It's something okay. where you could it's like free it's free falling skydiving because I would piss my pants. I would I would I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be so unbelievably scared. But if someone could like basically feeling what that feels okay, like to so fall wait, out. So you jump, no shoot. No shoot. Guy with shoot Catches comes me. gives you a bear hug. Mm-hmm. And you click back. Yeah, in. so I'm never gonna sky jump uh 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 yeah, skydive, and I'm definitely never going to do that. I want to do it. Fine. I don't think I will ever do it. Yeah, I don't think I will. But I, I want to. I, I bet you will. It's the best feeling in the world. It, skydiving is the best feeling in the. It is my favorite thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, absolutely. It is such a. God damn it! It's the best. I mean, I've been wanting to do it again soon. I'm just waiting for a good group on so I can go. I gotta save that money. Lompoc. Lompoc? It's something like right below like Santa. It's like by Santa Barbara. You can go up there. There's yeah. a cheap flight you can do. Um, it's okay. Cheap skydiving is not bad skydiving. It's just it's more reasonable for what, what you're paying for. Um, and, man, it's the best feeling in the world. It's so scary, but it's so just you feel accomplished. You yeah. feel good. And it feels like it's something that humanity hasn't done up until this like past century. Mm-hmm. So cool unbelievably cool oh danny boy offers to catch me there you yeah. go <laughs> there Thank you go you. i'll wait for danny boy i'm sorry <laughs> my, my buddy's coming he's gonna catch me so for me i, th- I was trying Caitlin to think of like hard pass y'all cowards <laughs> yeah no not for me either um uh, i think for me uh man it's the stuff that's just my life man like i i think back when i was a kid my dreams and goals like i remember doing writing out like storylines and doing art for like if I were to do before the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie like how I would do a Spider-Man movie you know what I mean so it's like it'd be cool to get one of those like it'd be cool to do like get one of the big characters that you could kind of put your stamp on and direct it'd be cool to direct movies that would be a miracle in and of itself but to get one of the big ones Mm. although there is some nervousness to that because like when we, we saw a Hellboy recently and you can kind of see how Neil Marshall turned in a cut like you can feel this watching the movie turn in a cut the studio was like uh-oh and then they decided to like pull up their sleeves and get in there and just made it worse they just kept digging themselves deeper in the hole what and if it's, it's like, better though side note <laughs> it's hard to imagine um and you and you see like the studio involvement on that it's like you don't really get to do your thing you get to do their thing for them you know what i mean so but but in a perfect world that there's some stories that um as i've been going through and developing different stuff every once in a while i'll I'll return to a story i had when i was a kid and you'll look and be like actually that works i should do that like i should figure out a way to make that work and so some projects that that i i uh conceived of when i was a kid when i was in high school um that as an adult i've revisited and retooled and found new ways i think that's one of the cool things about being doing creative stuff is like nothing ever like you you can always go back and um find new angles on nothing ever dies kind of like it just gets reused into new projects and stuff like that and even life uh like i really even bad experiences you have can are fuel for the fire that you can use to tell stories and stuff like that but for me it's just getting to be able to do one of the one of the big you know to do like a, a Superman movie or a Spider-Man movie or something like one of the one of the big boys mm-hmm. uh, that they don't like, and that, at that point that's basically like winning the lottery because how many directors are working in Hollywood and you, the, the one person gets to make that movie? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, 
guy does cop car one movie and then he yeah. gets to do spider-man mm-hmm. that's a pretty good movie too yeah, yeah it's pretty good and now he's getting to do far from home there you go yeah yeah do cop car too after that did, one. there you go uh on a, it came conway i gotta read this she says i'm the coward who is not going to die in a free-falling accident thank you very much <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, it'd be a pretty cool way to go out, minus the fear that you're having as you're <laughs> yeah, minus, rocketing as it's to not, the as it's, not, as, as, as it's not working. <laughs> Man, scary story. A friend of ours, like a, not a friend of ours, sorry, a, a friend of mine, um, they went skydiving and um, they didn't put their legs up the way they were supposed to, so their legs just hit the ground locked like this. Femurs snapped. <laughs> You're, you're not. You're not making me want to want to. You finish resist. a popsicle and snap the snap the stick in half. It was kind of like that. That was her legs. Uh, the big leg bones. <laughs> <laughs> Those big leg bones. Uh, we got uh, one here. Yeah. Um, if you could only give one bit of advice for the rest of your life, what would you say? Mm. So I'm thinking the situation we're dealing with this is yeah you only get you only get this is your last bit of advice oh dear lord we talked about uh, God of War and Watchmen for way too long I just looked at the time on the podcast you hope you guys enjoyed those yeah we'll end it on a piece of advice this yeah, is a good yeah. way to wrap it up honestly man I the thing I I can't tell you what you're gonna need to know I can't tell you what you, you're gonna need to know at any point in your life I know yeah. that something that I could have told myself that w- hopefully young Sam would have been just. Uh, not ADHD enough to fucking just absorb <laughs> this, but it's just chill. Yeah. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. It's just relax. Just in any, basically in any situation, you can take things seriously, but you can also be relaxed when you do it. Yeah. Taking a breath and reassessing that, like, what is important, what isn't, or just taking a breath and just, you know, taking time for yourself, uh, taking a breath and trying to prioritize what matters. There's a lot of ways that chilling out for a second and just not and going easy on yourself but at the same time staying motivated there's a way to do that there is there are and it actually isn't that that part of it isn't that hard creating a system where you can accomplish things you want that's hard that's that's difficult and making sure that all the pieces line up and luck you have enough luck and opportunity and preparedness that's going to be tough but the idea of of taking a breath and reevaluating what, what's wrong in your life and what's good in your life and just trying to improve that, that that's something that I wish I could have told myself at a young age where it's like, hey, man, you're going to care what people think about you for basically your entire life, mm-hmm. and but you just need to know when to identify if that matters or not. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to care, yeah. but know when to let that go. I think for me, the best... I think that's good advice, by the way. I think the, for me, the advice I would give is was probably the best bit of advice I've gotten. Um... Uh, recently I've been going through a lot of positive life things, but big life things that mm-hmm. are scary. Um, uh, good, but scary. And um, I was talking to my dad and he's, he's just like, man, enjoy it. And it's, and it's coming and it's so, cause my dad and I are so similar in so many ways. And so I, you can feel it coming from that place of like, I've done it. I've been through it. We're basically the same person. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy it. And it's like, yeah, that's it. It really stuck with me. It's like, yeah, I should enjoy it because, and I've been trying to do better about, like, with all the stuff going on, like, uh, you know, I was driving around uh, this morning with my wife, and the dog was in the back of the car, and I just felt joy. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just, and it's like, and so when those moments come, when all the hectic stuff is going on, and those moments you get to enjoy the all the things that you've been blessed with enjoy like sitting on that moment you know what i mean like living and living in that uh when it when it happens um and 
trying my best to enjoy because you only get the one you only get the one go mm-hmm. uh, as far as we know you know what i mean as far as any of us know we only get the one go and uh and so just in, in, enjoy it as it's happening and it's not like you, said, you can do that all the time bad things happen to people and, and bad situations happen but when you can enjoy it and take the time to enjoy it because what else are you doing quick, <laughs> what else are you doing quick example of that because that is good advice uh there was a moment it was so weird but I actually really enjoy this moment. Is just just bear with me. I was in a grocery store and I started crying. Mm-hmm. So starting with that, yeah. I was in just like a dairy aisle, and it was when we were working at SourceFed, and I was like twenty two. Wow, our computer is <laughs> fucking. You just chewed up a bug or something. <laughs> that fan did not sound good. Um, <laughs> um, but I was in I was in like the dairy aisle, and I just kind of like got teary eyed, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. like what's happening? And it, I I realized, but basically, it came to my head, and then I had to reevaluate why my brain had gotten to that. Yeah. Was that I had reached a point in my life where I was financially independent from my parents. I was yeah. taking care of my debt. I had a car that was under my name. Yeah. That I was taking care of as a lease. <laughs> That's how California works usually. Yeah. Had that. I, I was single at the time, but I was okay. Like yeah. I felt, I felt okay to be alone. Yeah. And that was a, like everyone says that, but it, it basically, I'll tell you what, most advice whenever anyone gives it to me is basically like throwing like wet paper, wet paper towels at me. I don't yeah. care, but yeah. I know there's probably some, some reason you're doing this. Yeah. And once it clicks for me later, then, then it matters. But that was just a cool moment where I realized I'm, I am very blessed. This, I can buy groceries right now yeah. and I feel okay that I know spending this money, I'm going to be okay in a week from now, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to eat through this. I'm going to be like, oh, I'm poor now. I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm okay. And I, I have those moments still. I just don't get emotional the way I do, but I get moments where like I sit in my car and I'm like, oh, this car doesn't matter to anybody else except for me that I know that this is something that I have that I can take care of and I respect and I, I am responsible for and I, I can do this. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. You're doing the thing. And I think a lot of times, at least with me and I think with a lot of other people, you live your life in the rear view. You know what I mean? Like thinking about what was it? It's like just be... You know, whatever people say, be in the moment, but like yeah. that means nothing, really. Yeah, honestly. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just but but you know, you're you're here. You're you're now. Look at the things you've been able to do, and and I will always be the type of person that's striving to move forward. But enjoy when that stuff pays off because mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Just take a minute because you're working on it for a reason. So enjoy that. Yeah. And, and so I had a little bit of that today, and I hope you have a little bit of that today and in the future. Um, and you know what? Let us know on Twitter uh, at Only Stupid Answers you ain't got the or it might be social stuff that moments that you had where you were able to just enjoy it. Yeah. Hey, man, we went through uh, the ringer sometimes on SourceFed stuff. Like, honestly, yeah. like behind the scenes and in the comments. Thank you, people <laughs> who were nice. <laughs> Those were the ones that kept us going. But yeah. honestly, now we get to do this. Yeah. That's this stuff that we made that stuff. Yeah. And we made this stuff. And you guys are the ones who make that possible. So 100%. we appreciate you. And if none of you know what source, if some of you guys don't know what source fit is, well, guess what? You're the real special ones because mm-hmm. we don't know how you got here. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing here? Get out of the house. No, no, no. Come back. No, wait, come back. Sorry. Stay here. Definitely we'll go to Patreon. Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> but gang, whenever you guys listen to this episode, whenever you get your hands on it, know that you're loved. That you got people in your life to love you. And in names are Sam and DJ. Boom. There it is. You can hold on to that one. You keep that in your pocket. But gang, uh, thank you so much for supporting us. And for those 
those who support us through Patreon, who watch live, Caitlin Conway, Jay Shark, David Rodriguez, Wendy S, Danny Boy, uh, you guys are uh, the MVPs. We really appreciate you because you're the ones who actually pay to keep the lights on. So mm-hmm. thank you for that one. And also, if you're checking out Might Be Awesome, we appreciate it. There's got to be some explainers on there, some deep dive reviews, some comparison yep. videos. Check those out. Give it some love because the more love you give it, the more we get to do it. Yep. So we love you. Uh, any final thoughts? That's it. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be seeing you around.